0: Welcome to the My Sports Update Football Podcast. I am your host, Ari Merov. So great to be back doing the podcast. It's been a while. We're ready to roll. So much has happened since the last episode of the podcast, and not just with the NFL, because the NFL is always busy, but with My Sports Update. Some exciting things to announce in the next week or two, obviously there's always news and content that is being pumped out on the twitter feed and on the website, but more great things are on the way so stay tuned for that. As for the NFL world, Ron Rivera was fired by the Panthers on Tuesday, we'll get to that. Also, we have some quarterback updates. We'll talk about the MVP race, which is so close right now. And we'll also look at some of the games that we have coming up here in week 14. So let's not waste any time. Let's get straight to it. Here we go. We'll start off with the big news of the week. On Monday, the Carolina Panthers fired head coach Ron Rivera after 8 seasons with the team. I wouldn't necessarily call this shocking news because there was some chatter that this was going to happen. If there's anything that's a surprise here, it's the fact that it happened with four weeks left in the regular season. But that is what happens when you lose to the Washington Redskins at home and drop to 5-7 and seven on the season. A few things on this. First of all, let's just make this clear. Ron Rivera is one of the most respected coaches in the NFL, and he's a person that everyone likes, whether it's his players, opposing players, media members, whatever it is, he is one of the most liked people in the game of football. When the news dropped on Tuesday that he was going to be fired, the amount of people who took to social media, whether it's Twitter or Instagram, and thanked Ron Rivera and said how great of a coach and how great of a person he is and how much he helped them in their lives, there were so many people who did it. But here's the thing about the news that he was fired. Obviously, last year, the Panthers got a new owner. David Tepper bought the team. And there were many people at the time who thought that he wanted to clean house. He was going to fire everyone and start fresh with a new coach, a new general manager. But that's not what he did. He kept Ron Rivera because how would, how can you fire Ron Rivera, who is the best coach in franchise history for the Caroline Panthers, how do you fire him for no reason whatsoever and the Panthers started last year with a 6-2 and record if you recall and then everything collapsed, they missed the playoffs and Tepper stayed patient with the team, he, he kept Rivera as the head coach, he kept Marty Herney as the general manager he said I'll keep them for another year and see how it goes and You know, it just hasn't worked out. Since appearing in the Super Bowl in Super Bowl 50 versus the Broncos, Ron Rivera has a record of 29 and 35 with no playoff wins. So it was time for a change in Carolina. Rivera took the Panthers to the playoffs three times, or four times actually, in his eight years in his eight plus seasons in Carolina. They were three and four in the playoffs, and he obviously made the Super Bowl that one year in the loss to the Denver Denver Broncos. Now, in regards to Rivera's future in the NFL, he is a defensive minded head coach, and everyone is saying he'll get another opportunity in the NFL, another head coaching job um, this offseason. But the thing that we have to remember is, first of all, everyone said the same thing last year with Mike McCarthy when he was fired by the Packers uh, at this time last year, I think it was week 13 when the Packers fired him. Everyone said he'll get another head coaching job in the off season. And in the end, he did not get one and he still does not have a job. Now, as I mentioned, Rivera is a defensive minded head coach and it's worth noting that last off season, there were eight head coach openings. Um, in the NFL and six of them went to offensive minded guys only Brian Flores in Miami and Vic Fangio in Denver they were the only two guys who are defensive minded and got a head coaching job so it will be interesting to see if teams continue to lean towards the offensive minded head coaches over a defensive minded guy like Ron Rivera So the Panthers and the Redskins have head coach openings already. There's four weeks left in the regular season. Where else might there be a head coach opening? So on average each year, there's usually around six to seven head coach openings in the NFL, the obvious one that everyone is watching right now is Jason Garrett in Dallas. The Cowboys are six and six. They're lucky to be in the NFC East and in first place in their division because if they were in any other division in the NFC, I do believe that Jason Garrett would have been fired already, but his seat is red hot. The Cowboys are in first place. They have a big game coming up this week for Chicago. We'll talk more about that later on. Um, The other names to watch, we have... Pat Shermer in New York. There's already been some talk about Pat Shermer being fired and the Giants pursuing Ron Rivera um, as his replacement. We know that Dave Gettleman, the general manager in New York, he was the GM in Carolina with Ron Rivera during his early years. They also have Mike Shula as the offensive coordinator in New York. He was the offensive coordinator with Ron Rivera when they were in Carolina together. So Pat Shermer is another name to watch. There is Doug Marone in Jacksonville. Jacksonville. There's Dan Quinn in Atlanta. Freddie Kitchens in Cleveland. Um, that seat is looking like it's really hot. The Browns are now five and seven on the year. They will probably not make the playoffs. And then Adam Gase in New York with the Jets. Um, owner Christopher Johnson said recently that Adam Gase is safe for the 2020 season. But this is one to monitor because the Jets are coming off a brutal loss to the Cincinnati Bengals. They had impressive wins over over Dallas and over Oakland um, during this season. But the question really is, Which offense are we getting with Adam Gase with the Jets? Is it the one that we saw versus the Raiders two weeks ago? Or is it the one that we just saw versus the Bengals in which the offense just looked terrible? I think that situation is worth keeping an eye on. Um, He's only been there for one year. The Jets have struggled mightily this year. Um, Granted, they've had some injuries. They've had some off-the-field stuff with Kelechi Osemele and then Jamal Adams and the trade talks and all that. So a lot of distractions. But um, I think the situation with the Jets is worth monitoring. And then the two mats, Matt Patricia and Matt Nagy, I think they are both safe. Obviously, we get a surprise each and every year. We get at least one surprise in um, the head coaching cycle where we do not expect someone to get fired. And all of a sudden, the news drops that so-and-so head coach was fired. I don't think we see that happening with Patricia or Nagy, but it's hard. Um, not to mention their names um, considering the seasons that they've had with their respective teams. Those are the two other names to keep an eye on as the season um, nears the end. Let's shift over to another topic here in the NFL, and that is Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback Nick Foles, he has been benched in favor of Gardner Minshew. Minshew is back starting for the team. He will start this week versus the LA Chargers. And the questions now become, what will the Jaguars do with Nick Foles? Obviously, we all know that he signed a massive four-year, $88 million deal in the offseason to come and join the Jaguars. He had that collarbone injury in week one. He returned a few weeks ago. He has struggled mightily and now the Jaguars are going back to Gardner Minshew, who has shown some flashes here this year as a sixth-round rookie quarterback. So what will Jacksonville do with Nick Foles? So here are their options. They could cut him straight up after the season ends, but that is highly unlikely to happen because that would leave a whopping $34 million in dead money in 2020. That is not going to happen. What they could do... If they don't do that, is they could also designate him as a post June 1st cut. And what that would do is that it would make the dead money spread over two years. So it'd be $21 million in 2020, and then the other $12.5 million would be in 2021. That is also a lot of dead money and is unlikely to happen. So. If Gardner Minshew continues to flash, like we said, if he shows over the next four weeks that he could be the quarterback for the Jaguars, the thing that Jacksonville could do is try to do a trade just like the Houston Texans did a couple of years ago with Brock Osweiler. What they would do is they would package Nick Foles in a trade along with a draft pick. It could be a second round pick, a third round pick, and a different team would get that draft pick but also absorb Nick Foles' contract um, in the trade. So that's how they could get off the hook. A team that would do that, and a team that actually did that recently, is the Miami Dolphins. They acquired a keep-to-leave from the LA Rams on the trade deadline, and they got a fifth-round pick as well in the deal. So they essentially bought a fifth-round pick from the Rams. Um, The other thing that the Jaguars could do, and since Doug Marone is a name that might get fired in Jacksonville, they could hire a new head coach, a offensive-minded guy who would work with Nick Foles and um, let Gardner should be the backup Um, that seems like the most likely scenario over here just because that contract is just so big and um, he's only entering his second year of the deal so that is most likely the scenario or the route that the Jaguars will go in Um, the signing has not worked up until now the Jaguars gave Blake Bortles that big contract um, two years ago and they cut him and took a big um, cap hit last year when they released him Um, they don't want to do the same thing here with Nick Foles but thus far that contract has not worked out they only have four wins this year they will not make the playoffs their head coach um, is likely to get fired Um, Tom Coughlin as the VP of football operation there's talk that he might not be back so there will be some change happening in Jacksonville the big question will be what will they do with their quarterback Nick Foles And then one more piece of quarterback news here in the NFL. Giants rookie quarterback Daniel Jones has a high ankle sprain and is unlikely to play this week versus the Eagles. That means that Eli Manning is back. And we'll start this week in primetime under the lights on Monday Night Football versus the desperate Philadelphia Eagles. A high ankle sprain is obviously something that is no joke, especially for a franchise quarterback, so it would not be a surprise if Eli gets to start the final four games of the season. We all know that Eli is in the final year of his contract. His time in New York is coming to an end, so this will more than likely be his farewell tour as a member of the New York Giants. The Giants have two more home games on their schedule. They have one next week versus the Miami Dolphins and then they have one to end the season versus the Philadelphia Eagles in week 17. We all know that Eli has been is one of the greatest players in New York Giants history. He brought two Super Bowls to New York. He did a lot in the community. He was um, great on and off the field as a person and always did everything with dignity and class. So assuming that this will be the last four games and that Eli will start these four games for the Giants it will be something very very special for them especially in a year which has just not gone the way they want to currently the Giants have the number two overall pick in the draft if the season ended today Daniel Jones has shown some flashes in his rookie year but has had some growing pains Saquon Barkley has just not been Saquon Barkley this year he hasn't had a 100 yard rushing game since week two the defense in New York has just been terrible so a lot of things to fix but having Eli start these next few games as his time in New York comes to an end it will be something very very special to watch so let's now move on to the MVP race and it seems to be down to two guys Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson and Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson and it feels like every week people keep on changing their minds on whether it's Wilson or Lamar each week one week it's Lamar, the other week it's Wilson so let's just break down both of them and We'll look at some numbers, look at some other things that each team has and doesn't have. It's scary how similar both guys' um, passing numbers are so far this year. If the season ended today, both guys have their teams at 10-2, and two, and both guys have their teams set up to have a first-round bye. And if you look at the passing numbers, right now both quarterbacks are completing 66-67% of their passes. Wilson has an edge in the passing yards, 3,177 yards to 2,500. The passing touchdowns, 26 for Wilson, 25 for Lamar. Passer rating, it's 110-111. Um, interceptions. Lamar has five. Russell Wilson has four. But the, wa- the place where there's um, a big gap is the rushing yards, where Lamar has 977. He's going to break 1,000 this week. He's going to break Michael Vick's record for most rushing yards by a quarterback in the season. He needs about 60, 65 yards this week to break the record. Um, Lamar has seven rushing touchdowns. Wilson has three. So that is where Lamar has the edge. And that is why Lamar for the most part, has the fans vote for MVP through 13 weeks of the season. But the reason why I think that Russell Wilson has the edge right now is because look at what Russell Wilson has around him. Look at the offensive line that Russell Wilson has. He's always running for his life and making stuff happen. He's always in close games and coming out with victories. Look at his defense, the Seahawks' defense. It's, I don't know, what would you call it? It's like... Average to above average as a defense. Um, The Ravens defense is a top 5, top 10 defense in the NFL. Their offensive line is a top 5, top 7 offensive line in the NFL. And nothing to take away from Lamar Jackson because he has been phenomenal this year for the Ravens. But I think people are screaming for him to be MVP because they are so surprised to see him doing so well when so many people said he can't play quarterback in the NFL. He can't throw. He's a running back. So seeing him do so well this year in his sophomore season in the NFL, people are just so shocked to see it. And seeing him have so much success people want Lamar to be MVP. But when you look at what both teams have, and you look at how much Lamar Jackson has, because he has a defense and he has a great offensive line, and he's doing so well himself running and throwing, people want him to be MVP. But when you look at Russell Wilson, he's been great for so long, but seeing him do so much with so little, with an offensive line that isn't as great as the Ravens, with a defense that isn't as great as Baltimore's. So seeing him do that you would lean to give Russell Wilson the MVP as of right now and let me just let me give an example and it might sound weird but if you take an average quarterback in the NFL let's just take a guy like Joe Flacco the Ravens former quarterback right let's take Joe Flacco stick him on the Seahawks in week 1 What would the Seahawks' record be right now, and in Week 14, entering Week 14? I don't think the Seahawks have more than two wins if Joe Flacco was the quarterback for the Seahawks. If you take Joe Flacco, put him back in Baltimore, let him start from Week One this season, I think Baltimore would have four, five, six wins, maybe. Right? It wouldn't be great, but my point being is that the Russell Wilson is doing is doing much more with less than Lamar Jackson. Now, things could change. There's four weeks left in the season. If Lamar continues to do so well and then Russell Wilson has one stinker in these next four games, Lamar's going to win it and he deserves to win it. But right now, with both quarterbacks doing so well, each week, both quarterbacks are rolling. Each quarterback leading their teams to wins. They're putting up the numbers that need to be put up. Right now, I'm giving the edge to Russell Wilson. But again, the MVP chase, it changes every week if Patrick Mahomes in the next four weeks throws five touchdowns in each game and wins all the games, including this week versus the Patriots, you could put Patrick Mahomes back into the MVP race. So this thing continues to change every single week. It's going to be a very close race. It'll be interesting to see what the voters do. The thing that I hate about the MVP race is that the award gets announced the night before the Super Bowl because by then, nobody really cares anymore. But right now, um, in the midst of the season, with the season coming to an end, nearing the end. Um, Everyone cares about what's going on with the MVP. It is a very tight race and um, we'll see what happens. Right now I'm giving the edge to Russell Wilson but Lamar Jackson is right there right behind him. Things could change at any moment. Moving ahead to week 14 of the NFL season. It's crazy how fast the season goes. That we're already in week 14. It felt like last week it was week one and Antonio Brown was released by the Raiders. I mean, it is crazy how fast the season goes by. But here we are. We have six scenarios this week where a team could clinch a playoff spot. Last week the Saints clinched the NFC South So they're in Looking ahead to this week and what we have The Ravens and the Bills They face off 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern The Ravens can clinch the AFC North With a victory over the Buffalo Bills And then a Steelers loss to Arizona They could also just clinch a playoff berth With a victory Meanwhile the Buffalo Bills They clinch a playoff berth with a win And they need some help as well They need the Raiders to lose The Texans to lose And the Colts to lose So unlikely to happen this week for Buffalo, because there's too many things that need to happen. But they are in good position. Who would have thought that in week 14 we'll have the Ravens at 10 and 2 and the Bills at 9 and 3 as one of the marquee matchups of the week? That is what we have this week. That should be a very good game. Another game that is very exciting, and it's in the early window as well. It is probably the game of the week this week. It is the 49ers and the Saints. Both teams are 10-2. and New Orleans is coming off that big victory on Thursday night, Thanksgiving, over Atlanta while the 49ers lost to Baltimore on Sunday. With that loss on Sunday, the 49ers dropped from having home field advantage and the 1 seed in the NFC to the 5 seed and having to travel in the first round to face the winner of the NFC East. I've seen some people saying, oh, the NFL has to change the whole seating, um, the way the seating works um, for the playoffs. That's not going to happen. I mean, the NFL is not going to change it because there's one year that one division isn't doing well while another team in the wild card is doing better. It's just not going to happen. I don't think the NFL is going to do it. They're going to leave the seating the way it is. Division winners get one through four. Wildcard is five and six. And that is how it's going to work. If the, if the 49ers want to get that one seed back, they have to win this week versus the Saints. They're traveling to New Orleans. Obviously, the Saints have that um, extra rest because they played on Thursday night. In order to get the one seed back, they have to beat the Saints, and they also need a Seahawks loss on Sunday night versus the Rams. The other big game here on Sunday, it is a late afternoon game. It is Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs versus Tom Brady and the New England Patriots, the struggling Patriots, I should say. This game is in Foxboro. The Kansas City Chiefs can clinch the AFC West with a win plus the Raiders' loss, while the Patriots can clinch a playoff berth with a win over Kansas City. Now, in regards to the Patriots, they have been struggling on offense as of late. The game against Philadelphia, the game against Dallas, last week's game against the Texans, which they lost. The offense has not looked like the Patriots offense that we all know. And if there's a game that they could break out, it has to be this week because the Chiefs defense, while they've had their moments this year, it really isn't that great. So if there's a week when the Patriots offense can finally pop, it is this week at home versus the Chiefs, it just feels like Tom Brady doesn't have that, I don't know if chemistry is the word, but um, it feels like he only trusts Julian Edelman in that offense. He doesn't have the trust with Philip Dorsett anymore. I felt like they had it earlier in the year, but it's not there anymore. Enkil Harry, a rookie, it's not there yet. Matt Lacoste, a tight end, I don't know about it. No, not really. Um, running backs, James White, yep, he's fine. Sony Michelle has just not been that great this year. So the offense as a whole is not great. And the offensive line... Um, you know, not having um, David Andrews um, for the entire year obviously that hurts. Um, the backup center is now hurt as well. Isaiah Wynn, the left tackle, missed a bunch um, a bunch of games this year. He just came back recently, so the offensive line is still shuffling around. So the offense is still not there yet. But the good news for the Patriots is that they are still um, a two seed. They will still have a first round bye if things hold up right now. But as, as I said before, the Buffalo Bills at nine and three. They are coming, and if they could get a win this week for over Baltimore, maybe, just maybe, could the Bills make some noise and leapfrog the Patriots in the AFC East? They still have one more matchup against each other later on in a couple of weeks. As for the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes is back from that injury. He looks like he is Patrick Mahomes once again. That knee is not bothering him anymore. And the last time he faced the Patriots in the AFC Championship game, he struggled in the first half and then came alive in the second half. This Patriots defense is probably better than that defense. Stefan Gilmore, Gilmore has been incredible this season. There are some people who thought that maybe Gilmore should be in some MVP talks because of how he shuts down the opposing um, wide receiver one on other teams. He'll have another tough test this week versus Tyreek Hill, the speedy Tyreek Hill. That should be a very fun matchup. Again, this game is in the late window, 4.25 p.m. Eastern Time Start. Another late afternoon game going on is Titans and Raiders. And the Raiders were 1.6 and 4. Now they're 6 and 6, losers of two straight. Meanwhile, the Titans, I mean, since they've called on Ryan Tannell to take over Marcus Mariota, that team just has a different energy, it's a different feeling for that team. They're playing so well on both sides of the ball, even on special teams as well, as we saw last week. But this team, it just feels different. Uh, Marcus Mariota didn't have that Energy that a quarterback is supposed to have Ryan Tannehill and it's it's weird to say but Ryan Tannehill has brought this team to a position where they could potentially get not just get into the playoffs, but also win the AFC South if the if things fall in line. Remember, the Titans and the Texans have two games left in these final three weeks of the season, so they they face off twice. That division is up for grabs between both those teams. But it starts this week for the Titans versus the Raiders. If they could go to eight and five and that would set up 8-5 and five versus the Texans who play the Broncos this week. You have set up that game next week and the Titans could be in a position to take over the AFC South with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. It's worth noting that Ryan Tannehill is in the final year of his contract. He might be a player who might get the franchise tag after this year. The Titans are going to move on from Marcus Mariota. It's a crazy turn of events there in Tennessee going from a number two overall quarterback to a guy who was in Miami. And just didn't pan out I mean they have been really fun to watch I'm not sure how many people in America Actually watch the Titans They feel like they're the one team That doesn't get enough attention in the NFL Derrick Henry has been a monster in the last three weeks And no one is talking about it So um, they're a team to watch And if they could get this win On Sunday versus the Raiders Go to 8-5 and five, Set up that matchup versus the Texans They have a chance to take over the AFC South It is just a fascinating situation there for the Tennessee Titans and then the Sunday night game it is the Seattle Seahawks and the LA Rams a battle of two NFC West teams two teams that need to continue winning the Seahawks coming off last Monday night's victory or this past Monday night's victory over the Minnesota Vikings they are on top of the NFC West they need to continue winning in order to have that happen because the 49ers are right there behind them as for the LA Rams sitting at 7 and 5, if they could go to 8 and 5, then they are going to be right there with the Vikings for the sixth seed in the NFC. The Vikings are 8-4. and four. They had the Lions this week. Um, but it's going to be neck and neck going down to the wire for that sixth spot. A loss for the Rams, and you could basically just stick a fork in them and call it a season. And then um, the talks about their future with um, so many high-priced players will start going. It will be a, a big conversation of the offseason. that wraps up this week's my sports update football podcast as i said in the opening there's some exciting things that are in the works right now that hopefully will be announced in the next week or two stay up to date with everything in the nfl by following the my sports update twitter feed turn on notifications so you don't miss anything it is getting close to that time of year when there's updates happening non-stop left and right as always, before I sign off, one final reminder: you can find the My Sports Update Football Podcast on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. I am your host, Ari Merov. I'll be back with a new episode next week. Thanks for listening, everyone. Enjoy Week 14.